welcome back to the Half Gen Podcast. We're here. Incredible. Another day, another podcast. This one was uh, not as planned. Uh, yesterday is the day we normally record. Well, Wednesdays are the days we normally record this. We do it live on Twitch, which that part we did. Uh, and then a crazy, crazy storm. I'm sorry, I'm bumping my microphone. Crazy, crazy storm came through, knocked out Ross's power. Um, pardon me, right as we were about to like transition to our planned part two of that episode. Um, so we lost a lot. And so we just kind of decided to scrap that. We're going to come back. We, we had a plan for yesterday's episode. I know we hyped it up. Um, and it's still, that plan is still in the works. Uh, we just have to re-coordinate some of it. But, um, you know, today you're just going to get your, your regularly scheduled half-gen podcast. Uh, so, yeah, um, guys, uh, I'm Chris and joined, as always, my friend Ross. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Happy to be here. And then the mysterious voice with no picture uh, is our boy, Tony. Uh, how you doing, my friend? Yo, I'm doing pretty good. We're going to keep it that way. No uh, no one's ever going to know what I look like. Just uh, it's just, it's, just that voice. That's, uh, that's just there. It's one of life's great mysteries. I just yes. need you to get like like a VTuber of like Olmec from like Legends of the Hidden Temple. So I should probably do that. So it's just like that mouth moving and just like just have you say like, let's rock over and over again. I wonder Just if make a bunch of rock like, punch. Well, no, Ross won't want to be here then. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I'm able to do that with Zencast and just slap it there instead of my I mean, webcam. You could probably just yeah, instead of a webcam, if you can make that like a video output thing yeah. somehow. I and bet that could work. That'll be for another time. We'll see. Yeah, it's um, tough to test another day. Like there is a program on Steam that's I think free. Yeah, that VTuber thing that everybody yeah. uses. I don't remember what it's called. I don't either, but, but if I, I search exactly up VTuber, I can about. probably find it. Ross, would you ever want to be a VTuber? Uh, I'd rather die. <laughs> VTuber or die. What have okay. they done to you? <laughs> I think that's going to be a title right there. <laughs> VTuber or die. Okay. Um. Yeah, so... I don't know. It's like we're recording this a day late and I'm just like, man, it's it's throwing off my vibe, but we're going to make the most of it. Um, who, Tony, you had something you wanted to talk about on the show, so I'm just going to let you roll with it. Take it away. Yeah. So. Um, so a long time ago, back in like 2003, I think it's when it came out. Wow. A game called uh, Grand Chase. I don't know if you ever seen it or played it it's a very old game you shut Does down the server chase yeah never heard of it yeah it went on for a while they finally shut down the servers in like somewhere between like 2013 2015 maybe yeah so this is probably a game that i've put the most time into thousands of hours into back when uh Again, like middle school, high school that I was playing it. So I have a lot of great memories of it and stuff. Um, so I just found out yesterday. That's why I uh, texted him. I was like, hey, did you guys start? I want to be on here and talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's from yesterday that they're bringing back the classic version to Steam. Oh shit! Yeah, like this looks like more anime Maple Story. It okay? Kind of is. I yeah. Need to look. Okay. It's a it's like a side scrolling like uh, anime inspired looking game. But yeah, this is the game that I played a lot back then, and. Uh, Met a lot of people, and it was pretty sad when they uh, shut it all down. And then they made a, um, a mobile game. You've probably seen the mobile game, right? I don't know if it was pretty... Is it also called Grand Chase? Yes, it is. That might be the images I'm seeing, then. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, they came out with that uh, mobile game, and I tried it. And uh, they have the uh, same like intro theme as they did for the original game, and that brought back some nostalgia. Now that I'm seeing this, I'm pretty fucking hyped for it. So the mobile game, like it just didn't have the magic. No, it it okay. was. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it it because the mobile game is not like a side scroll like the original game was. It was, it was a um, a gotcha game that um, I don't know, just didn't really have the the magic. But I get you. Honestly, nowadays, like I can't really get into a game. I don't know. We'll see if I um, still feel the same way about it now than I uh, did back then. But uh, I'm pretty excited for it. And uh, they're having a closed beta test period. And sign up ends on like the 6th or something. And uh, this game comes out actually next month, which is crazy. Because he's dropped this, and then hey, it's coming out next month. So I'm so excited. It's on Steam. Yeah, they bring it to Steam. Uh, I think it's just called Grand Chase. Yeah, That's Grand Chase be. Classic is what yeah. it says in the image, at least. Yeah, but the totally oh, so there's a trailer and everything. Okay, yeah, <laughs> wow, all right. Yeah, these aren't these are just like shit they release throughout the years, and uh, I guess they didn't make anything for its coming back release. Yeah, this game was really good. I spent a lot of time. I spent a bit of money, whatever money I had during the middle school and high school days. This looks like a game that would have 100% been on PSP if it could have. Yeah. The game just looks like a PSP game. It was a pretty great game back in the days. Pretty popular. Back during, you know, the, the X-Fire and the MySpace days, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about MySpace. <laughs> it's still around. <laughs> I, yes, in I, some I know it's capacity. like only for like it's mostly for like music created and stuff like that. But yeah, MySpace w- took a weird turn after it was very clear they were not as good as uh, Facebook, yeah. and then Facebook took a weird turn when they were not good. So like, <laughs> sweating for all the next social one. media is bad, basically. Yeah, pretty much. It's all bad, and uh, it's all. It's all ruining us every day. A little worse. Everyone's <laughs> becoming degenerates. Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't need much help for that. <laughs> Everyone's born a degenerate. They just don't know it yet. It's varying Social degrees media of degenerate. It just ignites that fire that they need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, looking man. forward to this game. More so than I look forward to Fantasy Star Online 2. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Because you were really excited for New Genesis. Yeah, I mean, I really was. Have, Have you, you still been having problems? There? I haven't tried it recently. Like, there's... I know when it came out, there were a ton of issues. Yeah, the servers were like highly unstable. You were just lagging all over the place. But at the moment, like, there really isn't that much content on in it right now. I've pretty much just beaten every content they have and now it's just like you know the grind which i'm never never a fan of fair enough uh i hope at some point it gets there you know like because they made a really big deal about that and then like haven't really done much with it from what i understand yeah Uh, isn't much there at the moment from what i understand is like you when you launch the game you have the option to launch new genesis or the original yeah. Which seems really weird because that just like, so what the hell is yeah, so Genesis it's like, if it's, like, I get it's different, but like if you're just launching it from the same launcher, how different can it really be? Yeah. I don't understand why they just tacked it onto the original game. Cause like this new Genesis is nothing really. I guess it was cause you get to keep a lot of the cosmetic items that you had in the original game and it, transfers over to the new game that might be a thing that's probably why well yeah, other than that it's a completely different game yeah i mean fair enough um you've been playing anything else or uh just uh no spending just, time because i'm pretty much being on gtrp pretty much every day yo you should so I know we talk about that a lot, but we haven't had you on the show since you got into that. So kind of, yeah. if you'd be oh, yeah, so kind, right. you know, talk about GTA RP from the inside. Yeah, I didn't think I would really get into it because like, like Nat invited me into it and I just like made a character. And I was like, yeah, who knows if I get into this or not? Because I like, I'm not really that into like role playing stuff like that. So um, I'm. I think it's mostly because I've been having fun hanging out with the people in there. So I'm in this like auto shop. Uh, owner of it's a Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, he has the voice and everything. <laughs> okay. So he runs uh, <laughs> That's an auto shop. Of course, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, being a tow truck driver. So I guess it's been nice like hanging out with them, talking and some stuff like that, shooting the shit. Are you still Nat's brother? Yeah, but he hasn't been on a lot because um so recently like a couple weeks ago they reduced the capacity from 80 to 64 oh i don't know why they say it's like for quality quote unquote uh control i mean i guess but it's still getting a lot of fucking people just like going around shooting people robbing everyone so i don't know how that's really yeah but um because of that there's like a long ass queue now that you get to wait like two, three plus hours to get into. Um, but they do have like, you know, you can donate to their Patreon and get like queue priority and stuff like that. But yeah, Nat's been like, that, that really turned Nat off. So he hasn't been on. Fair so I've enough. just been going around meeting new people, hanging out with them. Yeah. But uh, so like with the i'm trying to think of how i want to word this because like you know i i watch a lot of rp 
And like part of me wants to get into it, but the other part of me is just like, man, like there, there is just this commitment to that, like to play something like that, that I feel like, you know, with, with how I play other games and things like that, I, I just don't have the time. I feel like to commit to GTA RP. Yes, yeah, definitely you- a commitment that you have to stick to. You can't just like play a couple hours and move on to something else. Like it's really pretty much living another life in there so like how do you feel kind of like playing that because one you're not a streamer so you're not doing it for the views and you know you're you're doing this on top of playing other stuff like do you feel like you're just like committing all your time to that now because you want to like you're you're just hyped to get really good at the rp or are you just kind of playing it as like a a a different way to play gta 5 yeah pretty much Definitely a different way to play GTA Five because, like, I'm not RPing like crazy. Like, I'm just there to like hang out with the people there and uh, get cool looking cars and stuff, you know. Because they have you like just a want bunch cars of cars that look like the real life cars. Yep, and they have a bunch <laughs> of imports, but they're like crazy expensive. And I'm trying to like find ways to make that money and, uh, yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I, I'm always like super interested in like the RP stuff. Like I watch a lot of no pixel and, uh, I'm not saying this to take away like from your RP experience, but like, I, I just like, that's the RP that I usually watch is like a lot of no pixel. And like today I'm watching a stream and the cops had like this guy who was role playing as like a guard robot. And like, people are telling him like, Oh, shut down. And like, he just plays like a windows XP sound of like shutting down and falls on the ground. And it's like people's like commitment to the bit when they like nail it. That is some of the most entertaining stuff you can watch. Like, I I know you're not on no pixel, but like, have you seen like a lot of like with the people you're playing with, are you seeing a lot of like that really good RP? Like, yo, this, this dude can like really do it. Or are you just kind of seeing the people that like, you know, they're who are also like you just doing casual RP? I think most of it is just people like me that's just casually playing it and just being themselves and, or something. And then uh, like there's a couple characters I meet here and there that uh, definitely like really try to play their part. Like my boss, Captain Jack Sparrow. What a weird sentence. i never thought i'd say it yeah i think another another potential title i've watched a lot recently i've watched a lot of like highlights of no pixel but like they're definitely like a lot of like talent in no pixel they definitely like are really good at playing characters and whatnot so here in uh, the Sarai plan, it's mostly just like people just casually hanging out and stuff like that. Okay. Like, do you do you have any interest in being like, hey, you know what? I want to up my RP game and I want to get on like a no pixel or something like that. Or are you strictly just in it for what you're doing right now? Yeah, I think I'm just in it for what I'm doing right now. I don't, I don't know if I can commit to a bit for a long senator period of time. Fair enough. See that that's the thing is like, if, if I ever did it, I would want to like 
I would want to go all the way with it. That that's my thing. Like I I would want to do GTA RP like I do Destiny. You know. Yeah. I I would want that full experience, and I would want to like interact with those people. Like I would want to get to the server with the really good RP people, so I could do that. That would that would be my goal. I feel like Nat Nat's really good at it. Like I feel like he. I feel I feel like he has the potential. He could he could make it on one of those because Nat just has like that kind of vibrant personality. Yeah. And like every time he walks up to somebody, he's just like, hey, my name's Seymour Dollars. What's up? Yep, you know, and he just involves himself in what everyone is doing. And that's the best way to do RP is just walk up, introduce yourself and just like we're involved now. Like Nat makes sure when he wants to RP, he is RP, you know? Yeah, like every person we've ran across when we were playing he just sits with that yell yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like that's the thing is like i'm watching him play it and like everyone knows who he is everybody's like yo seymour like he told me the story like ross i don't know if you've talked to nat much since uh he started doing the role play, but like he he's talking to me one night and he's just playing and like some dudes getting arrested and he's just like, Hey Seymour, help me out, man. They're arresting me. Like everyone in town knows who he is and they're just calling him out and just like, yo, help me out with this. Or yo dude, watch out for these people. They're robbing, they're robbing everybody. <laughs> like It's crazy. And then like, it's, it's a ton of fun to watch him because he, I feel like on like the smaller servers, the best players are the people who are making the RP happen. Cause everybody else is like kind of nervous and they're like, Oh, you know, if it happens, it happens. But Nat is like that kind of entertainer that he gets in and he just starts like, if you're not already doing the RP, he's going to get you doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely, his, his energy definitely invites that for sure. Yeah, and me and my introverted self, she was just uh, calm and quiet. <laughs> He's like the complete opposite of me. So that would be a pretty good brother, you know? Here yeah. I am. Because <laughs> I just love, like, that was the thing with him is, like, he immediately was just like, yo, this is my brother. And, like, it just immediately got you involved yep. uh, with with everyone else's RP. Yep, almost got me involved in an MC club that i probably didn't want to join because he was all because this person was all like hey i'm making an mc club he's like oh yeah i think uh, i think i might be interested have you met my brother i'm like oh no but that's good though that that's the thing is like you know that gets you involved and and that's the thing is like the good i i just think that's a further point that like Nat is just like a natural for that because he gets people involved and I, I, I wish he was here. Cause I, you know, he, he, he would probably not, you know, he'd probably be like, no, nah, I'm just fine. I'm not worried about, but like he is, he is an entertainer, like to the core, you know, like even when I was talking to him, like he was the reason I wanted to get into it. Cause me and him were bouncing ideas. Uh, my, my personal, like we were going to be like these old grannies and just be like, you know, just like golden girls and just make really uncomfortable conversations in front of people. Uh, you know, it's just going to be like, I was going to, what was my name? It was Barbara. I was going to be Barbara. And I was going to be like, listen, he is sweetheart. You know, that was going to be like my thing. And he was also going to do it. And we were just going to make everybody uncomfortable. Oh uh, yeah. That... My, my favorite though, is I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be like two like frat bros, 
but I I'm convinced I have superpowers and we're trying to discover what they are. That was my favorite idea that we had. And I just wanted to go around and just have people be like, dude, like, what if you can fly? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to jump off that building. <laughs> just that high just, frat boy. That's just going to like be recording it all the time. Like you, you're good, man. <laughs> Matt's just gonna be like the worst influence. And that like that was so much fun. It was just like me and him, like between him like having RP, we're just kind of talking and like that got me like really into it. And I just had to decide because I was like, man, I have this huge backlog of games. So I can either do GTA RP or I can catch up on my backlog. And unfortunately, I made the responsible decision to catch up on my backlog. Um I haven't decided yet if it was the right move, but it's the move I made. But well, Nat isn't I, really I, around much more, so maybe yeah, it's probably a, was a good decision. I feel like Ross would be great at GTA RP because he could just be like How? Patrick Star. He could just be <laughs> oh like a God. Patrick Star, and like he'd be perfect. Like he would just run onto the screen, just little, little, and like everybody'd be like, "Who the hell is that guy?" Like everyone would know who he is because he would just do a bunch of like random. Because he Ross would not like Ross doesn't think he has what it takes. He absolutely does, and I think Ross would be hilarious in in that. He won't do it, but I think he would be hilarious. Yeah, I would no, watch you, Ross, Ramos, because I recently <laughs> I've seen uh, on clips of a guy playing plankton i don't know if you've seen him <laughs> but he fucking nails that shit so good i still love the guy who was playing like johnny silverhand and like he kept like oh, lagging yeah, he kept when glitching he, out. he kept opening the door for a car and then he would like do an emote to freeze himself and he'd be like okay i'm in and they drive away he'd be like wait i'm out and like he'd just be like hold on so he'd open and close the door over and over he's like don't worry i've got it <laughs> And he would just be buggy cyberpunk everywhere he went. <laughs> pretty good. Occasionally he would lag his voice. So he'd just start sounding like a robot. Everybody would be like, you good? And he'd just be like, he'd fall on the ground. He would T-pose. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, it was great. There was a guy who did Gordon Ramsay and he kept holding like MasterChef competition. I think it's the same guy who does the Johnny Silverhand. He's great. That guy is incredible at RP. Um, I'm sure we could talk about this all day, but um, other than the RP and your upcoming uh, exciting game, Grand Chase, uh, I'm trying to get better about like mentioning because like at the end of the show, I'm always like I'm trying to write like what we talked about in the episode. I'm like, what the hell game did they say they played? So I'm trying to say it more so I remember <laughs> for my own sake, but I'm sure it'll also be. Oh shit, Russell got a Series S. Let's go. Oh, nice. Coming for the 21st. Let's go. Make sure Congrats. to get that Game Pass. Play yeah, all the games. I was playing a let lot me see of that Game Pass today. Yeah, let me see that Game Pass. Uh so anything else you've been playing, Tony? I don't know. That's been it. Ross, tell me about your Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah. So um I've been playing a lot of Halo recently. Oh yeah. Uh I've been playing a lot of the multiplayer um, just because I still love the multiplayer. Uh, most I mostly play three, but I play two and three um, just because those were kind of my, my heydays with the game. So right now the, the like classic two, not anniversary, right? 
yeah yeah i yeah, tried no, a uh, anniversary multiplayer and it didn't feel right to me so I no went back i to i normal. i agree with you that's that's why i was asking mm-hmm. i yeah. might jump in with you one of these days maybe because like halo 2 and 3 are the two i would play if i were to do it yeah, yeah and you can and, pick just those for the playlist right yep yeah yep yep and you can select you can select which games you want to uh, search or match make for and what game types as well so like right now in three and i think two as well uh rocket race is kind of the early seasonal playlist they just released oh, just uh kind of season seven of master chief collection where they dropped a whole lot of uh, elite cosmetics because there had been pretty much nothing up until that point um so they dropped a ton of elite cosmetic stuff like different different shaders for the swords and and armor and stuff that's that's pretty cool um but but yeah i was that's kind of what i've been doing a lot of recently i chris and i tried to do some campaign um i had the game pass version on pc that i was playing and it's terrible yeah, the game um, pass not, pc experience is less than ideal in uh, every regard yeah and it wasn't halo's fault it was the game pass apps fault it, no it was it was my the it was yeah it was the windows store version of the game's fault mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um we were doing the playlist to where we did the last mission for halos one through four just back to back to back and then once we, we did one and then once we got to halo two it would bring up the loading screen and the loading bar would go all the way up and then it would boot me and disconnect me every single time we so, should try that again since you have the Steam one now. Have you had any problems on the Steam one yet? Nope, no problems. Have you noticed it working better overall than the the Game Pass version? Yeah, yeah, like okay. it's not having as many like syncing issues like for like cross save stuff with the server, yeah. like it's updating stuff after I do stuff on my Series S. So, yeah, not having any problems with that, but Perfect. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, yeah. So, um and kind of the biggest shock to me so far um, is that I hadn't really played the campaign of Halo Reach since it came out in 2010, 2011? What year? 2010. I think it was 2010. Yeah, because then Halo 4 was two years later. Right, yeah. Because 09 so, was ODST. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Definitely I hadn't 10. played Reach since it came out. Uh Back in the day, I liked it well enough, but I didn't love it. Um, I think it had some some really good moments, but it also, like, Bungie went out of their way to contradict a lot of the lore from the books that was had been established just because they didn't like it, uh, which was a bummer for me as a lore fan. But um, I tried replaying it over the years, and it just feels bad. But now with it at 60 frames per second, it actually feels fine to play again which is interesting. Like the, all the other Halo games, I've gone back and like just popped in the original version, the original discs. Um, and like, I'm still like super fine with those at 30 frames per second. But for some reason, Reach just feels bad at 30 frames per second. So uh, I started I Reach think, campaign again. And I don't think Reach consistently hits 30 FPS. At least it didn't like on the original hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like smoothing that out just is a world of difference. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely making me want to. I played through the first couple of missions, and I want to play through the rest of it. It's Chris and my goal is before Infinite comes out to record let's plays of us going through all of the campaigns 
for all the Halo games together um, before Infinite. So, um, so yeah, it's we're gonna keep you so, busy, Tony. Yeah, <laughs> Tony, if you want to jump in on any of those, feel free. We're gonna need more people when we get yeah. to three, four, and three. So, are we gonna play them in order of release? I was thinking about that because that might make more sense because then we don't have to drop players after reach. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was thinking. So we go release. We'll just play 20 years of halo in the order it released. Yep. That sounds good. That sounds like a win to me. Yeah. Yeah. Where we get to play through halo combat evolved, which had the best mystery and kind of atmosphere of the franchise of the the mainline games. I think the best setting of any of them, just like the the way that halo ring. Mm -hmm. I hope that Zeta halo can come even remotely close to yeah. capturing the spirit of mm-hmm. the uh, of wasn't that delta halo or is that no delta halo is in two two um, alpha halo is, alpha halo is, yeah, yeah is installation yeah. zero four yeah it's yeah i hope so i mean zeta halo has so much history behind it that you're gonna learn a lot about when we oh yeah we have to re announce that yeah bring back the halo book club we're bringing back the book club and we're bringing it back to halo because hey. bioshock ruined it last time that, right. for the record that was a good book but it was a good book we never yeah. we never did our recording for that the bioshock no. book i'm trying not to bump my dad uh the yep. bioshock book was very good uh and offered a lot of like insights that were definitely that definitely i wouldn't say they changed the experience of the game uh, here we are, over a year later, talking about mm-hmm. a book that we read. Uh, I, I, I think it, it I think the book justified the it, its existence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so the first anonymous yeah, uh, he finished reading that book and was waiting to record the book club. Anonymous <laughs> is a real one. <laughs> I'm sorry, anonymous. Things got crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we're bringing it back to Halo because we know. Chris and I know that we will definitely read those um, and want to talk about them uh, before we were going in release order for those. So we did uh, uh, the fall of reach. We did the flood. We did first strike and we did ghost of Onyx. Next up would be contact harvest. But since halo infinite is releasing later this year, uh, kind of figured it would m- make sense to read stories that will be more relevant to infinite. So um, I don't think there's any more important entries in the Halo expanded universe than the Forerunner trilogy by Greg Bear that uh, came out. I think like I think the first book came out like 2011 or something. So, that so right. so yeah, we're starting with Halo Cryptum, the first book in the Forerunner trilogy. Um, that is the half gen book club book for July. Um, so, and you guys have until July 25th, uh, is when we are going to be regrouping to record, uh, the book club for that. So you got a solid three, four weeks. Um, the last Sunday of the respective month is when we will be recording these episodes. Uh, so, you know, we'd love to have you guys, you know, uh, in chat for that, um, to kind of hang around, you know, ask some questions or talk about your favorite parts. And then maybe we hop on the discord and just kind of talk through the book a little bit with everybody. I think that that was the plan Mm -hmm. that we established with Bioshock. And then we didn't do it because a lot of stuff happened unrelated to Bioshock and the book club. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we just never got around to that, but 
we're coming back with Halo. We're going to read Halo through Infinite. And then I really do think we should. We will at some it point up. it will branch out again. Yes. But right now, yes. Halo Probably. is what's most relevant and is what is what we are the most interested in right now. It's what's wrestling our our diddlies right now, yeah. if you will. Jimmy's. <laughs> I prefer diddlies. Uh, so we're starting with Halo Cryptum, which I is make that a title. Uh, <laughs> Rustling our did- diddlies. No, yeah, I prefer sure. diddlies. <laughs> yeah, I prefer diddlies. Yeah. Oh no. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Halo Cryptum is the first one. Um, I will Cryptum. say, for anyone unfamiliar, um, it is not a Master Chief book. It is takes place uh, during the the height of Forerunner civilization. About I think it's a hundred thousand years, uh, like a hundred thousand BCE. You get a lot more background information on like the didact the librarian and kind of 343 guilty spark like that's kind of that's the main focus like mendicant bias from the halo 3 terminals offensive bias from the halo 3 terminals um basically uh 343 and none of this had been established before that point so 343 basically gave greg bear who was a very well established uh sci-fi writer kind of gave him the reins to kind of do what he wanted to build out the world and kind of the universe of these things that have always been hinted at in the games, but never expanded upon to the point where uh, he was writing the, like, I think he was writing Cryptum as Halo 4 was in development. And in Halo 4, they straight up just took specific quotes from the book. They used his kind of description for what the didact looked like. Um, and kind of built his character around that in the game. So the books are very intertwined with 343 and kind of the Reclaimer saga that's going in right now. Um, let's do it on audiobook. Uh, yeah, I've heard the audiobooks for uh, especially the Forerunner saga are very good. I've not listened to them myself. I've only read them, but that is a decent way to go about those. I've been thinking about doing the audiobook because then I could listen to it in my car. Mm-hmm. And that's much yeah. easier than reading it. It's, it's very true. It's very, it's very true. true. Um, and I think, let me just look up real fast for Cryptum. One thing I do like is when there's consistency um, between uh, narrators in a specific like trilogy. Unfortunately, this is not one of those. There's a different narrator for every book. Um, but the narrator for the second book is Timothy Dadabo. D- uh, AKA the voice of three, four, three guilty spark. So you get to hear him, which is, which is nice. Um, I like when but, they bring in the actors. Cause I think they did that for mm-hmm. silent storm. I believe the master uh, chief book. So I, I believe Steve downs, uh, he recorded like a, like a, just a specific ep- excerpt from it. I don't think he does the full thing, but. Oh, I thought um, he did. Damn. Yeah. But like contact Arvis, like uh, there's an, there's a narrator who does a few books and also Jen Taylor does some stuff in that book as well. Like, the Halo audiobooks are, are very well done. Um, in case in case you're wondering about how long, if you're an avid audiobook listener, Halo Cryptum, uh, the length of the audiobook is 8 hours and 41 minutes, which honestly isn't that long. So Not at all. Pretty fast read, but it's definitely one that if you are listening to the audiobook, at least for me, I have problems focusing on multiple things at once. Like It's very dense with lore and terms. So if you are listening to it on audiobook, you do want to make sure you are paying attention and not just have it kind of on in the background as you're doing other stuff because 
there's a lot of a lot of universe building, especially in that first book. So um, you Russell had, says you had me at you lore. Had me at lore. <laughs> dude, dude, there's uh, Halo lore is my favorite lore out of any franchise. Like I thought it was Star Wars, and like I really enjoy a lot of the Star Wars books, but I don't hunger for them like the Halo books. Um, I guess I don't know why, but um, yeah, I think there's like 28 Halo novels right now that have been released and they announced another one for your there's this 19 year. listed on the kindle universe but like that doesn't mean that's a complete list mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah i'm pretty sure there's 28 straight up novels at this point uh and then there's the short story collections between evolutions and fractures the reference guides and then um the books in the different time periods like i just finished up um the ace of spades trilogy which takes place like but like between Halo 4 and, and the end of Halo 5. And like, I haven't run across a bad book so far. I've read about half, I've read about 13 or 14 of the books of the, the 28, and it's just, I just eat it up. And if you love lore, the Forerunner trilogy is incredible. It, it Like Fall of Reach is incredible for building on and giving a lot of backstory to Chief and Spartans in the games. Uh, the Forerunner saga there was 400 trilogy gives context and lore to the whole universe forerunners precursors uh ancient humanity uh the monitors for the halo installations the forerunner flood war like all these huge huge things in the halo universe are explained and expanded upon and i've been looking for a reason to reread these so I'm very, very happy. We found it. <laughs> we found it. We did and it. I'm incredibly, incredibly excited to dive back in. I'm I'm very excited. We're gonna convert all these people to like we got a bunch of fantasy fans in the chat. We're gonna make yeah. them all sci-fi fans via Halo. These yep. guys are gonna like you know, Anominus and Russell, they like Dungeons and Dragons and Dragon Age and stuff like that couple weeks you know like by the time halo infinite comes out they're gonna be like oh yeah just like the keys maneuver right you know <laughs> yeah, keys maneuver yeah, yeah yeah oh i wonder if they i wonder if they initiated the cold protocol you'll know what that means Wait, yeah was it so hold on so this happened but then this happened but then you know they're gonna go and replay the games they're gonna be like nah, oh my god i saw the thing in the game when he talks about how he talked to this guy and i'm yeah. gonna be like yeah <laughs> yeah let's just uh, I'll, I'll i'll leave off the halo book talk at this is that if you played halo 4 and didn't really know what was happening these books we were about to read will enhance the story of that game so much that i'm excited that chris you're gonna get to read these because I don't know if you're going to fall in love with them as much as I did because I, I feel try. like because uh, I feel like you're you're like a chief Spartan kind of book book guy, which is totally fine. And we have like Silent Storm and Oblivion, which are chief stories to get to at some point. Um, and for me, when I first read Cryptum, it definitely took a few chapters for me to kind of get into it. But then once I did, I was I was gone, man. Um, I was gone. Uh, but yeah, Halo Book Club, be excited. You like lore? We got lore. You want lore? We'll give you lore. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Master Chief Collection. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so we will go back and, and do that playlist. And like I was saying, Halo 1 for me, best atmosphere and kind of mystery. 
Halo 2 for me has the most interesting story because of how much it delves into the Covenant. Those playing the Covenant levels are not great, but the story is awesome. Halo 3 for me is just the best overall like campaign missions and multiplayer combination in the franchise. Halo 4 was a like a a wet dream for a, a lore nerd like me. And then Halo 5 was not good. So that's kind of where we're at. And then Halo Wars, Halo Wars games are interesting. Um, I'm excited to replay one and to actually finish two because I honestly don't remember a ton of the story um, for, from one. Um, it, so are it, we including that in our playthroughs? We're playing the Halo Wars games? Oh, oh. You can't see on the audio, but he has leaned in. Oh, no. We're playing the Halo Wars games. <laughs> I'm legendary, right? <laughs> Absolutely not, because mission four or five on the first game is literally impossible. <laughs> I would like to finish these games. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. So, yeah. all right, I'm down. Listen, yeah. I'm yeah. good. It's, we will I, not be... I am fully invested in the spirit of fire and her her journey. And uh, in continuing to prove that after Master Chief, Jerome is the best Spartan. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a fan vote. There was a poll someone put on Twitter recently, and that was the by far the most common opinion. I think the um, coolest thing they could do in Halo Infinite is bring in the Spirit of Fire, have them mm-hmm. end up there somehow, and then just bring Jerome in and kind of build him up as like the next big protagonist in Halo. Yeah. Because Jerome is a fucking badass. Yeah, I think it's I think it's super interesting because that whole Spartan team was it Red Team from Halo Wars? Yes, Spartan Red Team. The whole team is great. Because the whole team initially rejected the augmentations in one form or another, and then we're kind of yeah, they all back. failed out. Yeah, yeah, which is which is super super fascinating. Um, but you can't keep a Spartan down. No, Spartans never die; they only go missing. Uh, Quite literally, in their case. Man, but, imagine them um, coming back someday and just being like, yeah, no, we're here. We're, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's old, but he's not that old because they've been in cryo. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like he's as old as chief. God is chief in like his fifties now. He uh, was like 42 or something yeah, at he's the like, start of Halo one, like late forties, early fifties, maybe he's almost yeah, yeah. 50. And he's yeah. just like, it's enough. Mm. <laughs> he's just like whatever floating through space loading guns respecting the dead he's just he's got everything <laughs> yeah yeah and uh some games we will not be playing for our halo marathon and i haven't run these by chris but i don't think he will object are spartan strike and spartan assault which yeah. were generally mobile games that lore wise are kind of fall in line with the halo 4 multiplayer where they're simulations um, that's yeah. how that all works. And then uh, we're not going to record it, but I definitely, I texted Chris about it the other day. We are going to hit up a Dave and Busters to play Halo Fireteam Raven because I really want to play that. Do they have those and still? It, yep. Busters? It, it, and that's an yeah. ODST game, right? Those are uh, ODST? O- yeah, they are yeah. ODSTs and it takes place on Installation 04 during Halo 1. Let's go. Um, nice. Yeah, so, because the first mission is fighting off the Pillar of Autumn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's your that's, way off. Yeah. That's four. That's four players. So if we can wrangle in, yeah, if we can wrangle in Zane and, and maybe a fourth, that would be yeah. super fun. It oh, only yeah, takes like forty five minutes. Yeah. yeah, no, we, we we will invest the funds. We'll make it. Yeah. We'll get it done. Yeah. So I'm in. So yeah, like about every third episode of the Half Jam podcast, this has turned into a Halo podcast. So yep. 
It's okay. Ross is never happier than when these turn into an ha- into a Halo episode. It's, I get so happy, man. I love yeah, the lore the so much. The smile on his face, oh like Ross gosh. is, you know, Ross was like, yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we want to talk about Halo? Yeah, yeah. let's talk about Halo. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. Let's oh, talk about... Halo episode? Yeah. Mm, mm. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, let's let's just talk yeah we're uh we're gonna rebrand uh we are now halo gen thank you very halo much gen. i'll get ross you can have halo gen <laughs> oh that can be gen, your baby perfect. <laughs> perfect yeah ross is just gonna have like weekly po- he's gonna have a weekly podcast just talking about halo he's gonna have weekly posts talking about halo he's gonna have a book club talking about halo <laughs> yeah you know does who wants to hear about uh cesarefamy and why he became the heretic that the Orbiter has to hunt down in Halo 2. I'd be happy to speak with you about it. Just let me know. I'll send you my calendar. Just make a meeting. Be happy to talk to you about why he shot the Arbiter when he could have convinced him about the Great Journey. And it's massive lie. Anyway. Okay, now you have me interested because why did he <laughs> shoot instead of convince him? Because the why, Arbiter why was did, listening. He was. He was. <laughs> why did it happen? Damn it. You can't do this. <laughs> I didn't know there was a, a reason he shot. I thought he just shot because he was like, oh, I'm just stalling him and then I'm going to get out of here. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Oh, you're being an ass now. <laughs> Find out the next episode of Halo uh, Yep. yep. <laughs> oh. oh, God damn it. Anyway, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Oh, also during our, our lost episode due to weather, another game I've recently briefly started because I thought, why the hell not? I started Killzone Liberation on my Vita. <laughs> why the hell not? Yeah, you know, that got really good reviews back in the day and it's, it's like an isometric. Game. Yeah, it's an isometric kind of uh, just go around sh- shooting Hellgast and stuff. I got through the first couple For a while, that was the good. best Killzone game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, it was for a so, long while. That was the best kill zone game. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's it. It's mostly mostly been all Halo all the time. So fair enough. There's worse things you can do with your time. There's not yeah. many better. You, Chris. Um, so my time's kind of been split across a couple different games. Um, not a ton of time in any one of them. Uh, I have been kind of slowly getting back into destiny a little bit. Um, they, they just finished their story content for the season. I think, uh, I hope not because it ended very poorly, uh, considering how promising it was up to that point. It really feels like a rushed finale. Uh, and considering next week is the solstice of heroes, um, or no moments of triumph. Uh, yeah. Moments of triumph. Um, I'm a little let down. Uh, there was a lot that they were kind of building up towards like this big fight with like the, the taken mind and it just kind of happened and then it was over and I didn't get any resolution to any of like the cool, like who is Savathun disguised as on the tower story. It -hmm. just kind of ended and I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's it. Like, I didn't even realize it was a mission until, like, I looked at the objective and it was like, go kill Quarion. And I'm like, what? War Excuse war. you? 
And it's just like three zones from the three like expunge missions. And then it's just Panoptes, but taken. And for oh. those who don't know, Panoptes was the final boss from Curse of Osiris. So they that just sounds... taken him. And then I killed two big boy Minotaurs. And then I thunder crashed Quaria and she just died. Sounds like they ran out of time or ideas. One of the two. I'm kind of hoping that maybe it's like a ruse because they were like, because they compared it a lot to like the undying mind. And I'm kind of hoping that maybe it was a setup and maybe we didn't do what we thought we did. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, nobody's really appreciating that it was way too easy to do what we did because the endless night hasn't gone away yet. So we defeated the source of it, allegedly, but it's still there. So, like, something's not right. Something's got to change, right? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I really hope that maybe they just have, like, a really, like, neat trick up their sleeve and they're just like, just wait till the end of the season and we're going to blow your mind or something. Um. I've been playing more Necromunda, uh, which I continue to enjoy despite that game being so weird and like any individual aspect of that game being just okay at best. Uh, that game as a, as a complete package is just so much fun and I love it and I can't stop playing it. Like, well, uh, let me rephrase that. I can't stop playing it, but when I, once I start, I just go. And the only thing that stops me is like going to bed. Uh, that game, like it, it has such an incredible style to it. it. The gameplay loop, like it's a bunch of like janky mechanics, but when they all like flow together, they feel really good. Mm. Uh, it's like such a like perfect B game. It is, it is like the, the epitome of, of, of that type of game of just, it, it's, it's a cheaper game. It's a budget game, but like, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I was a little hesitant to get that when it came out. Cause like I had heard mixed things, but I decided to kind of take the gamble and I was like, Oh, whatever. If I don't like it, I can refund it. And then I played right way through the refund window and I was like having a great time. So I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play this game to completion. I have zero investment in the story. I'm just playing it to play it. I can yeah, barely tell fair. you what's happening. I'm chasing a bunch of dudes down who I hate for some reason. Yeah, I don't know do. why, but I, I, I hate them a whole hell of a lot. Grr, indeed. Uh, <laughs> um, what the hell else? I'm just double checking my list here. Uh, yeah, I started um, Scarlet Nexus, uh, which Ooh. very much feels like. Okay, so let me paint you a picture here of, of what Scarlet Nexus is. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm. Bandai Namco, okay, and Square Enix just released Near Automata, and I thought it was incredible. And so, my my team is you know is is wrapping up development. On, my my God Eater team is finishing up development on Code Vein, which was inspired by my previous love, Dark Souls, which I also publish. Um, and so we decided, okay, we made anime Dark Souls. Next, we're going to make anime near Automata. And then they were like, wait a minute. 
isn't that already anime? And they're like, not anime enough. And so they made a more anime near Automata with like a lot of dubstep instead of like good music, just a lot of dubstep. No, thanks. And so in the first hour, I engaged in tutorial combat, which was fine. And then about 30 minutes passed in which I learned about my father who helps run the nation, my brother who runs the OSF or whatever it is uh, that I just joined as a recruit because I have some powers and most people can't use those powers, but I can to effectively fight an enemy called the others. So they're just like, you know, imagine just a conversation. Did you get the others? What about the others? Where are the others? It's terrible. It's a terrible name. It's a horrible name. Uh, And they look like, you know, if Nier Automata and like Persona's art style had a baby, um, it would be. That sounds cool. Yeah. Like, you know, plant lady with a plant, giant, like crazy plant with like human legs and high heels is like the kind of thing it is. Um, Everybody's brains are like integrated. So like the internet is like your brain. And so like they, they have like the the city itself like that I'm in, it's like some Neo Tokyo thing. It's super bland. It's just a bunch of like beige and orange. Uh, But like, it's cool because like there's traffic driving on the street. So instead of being able to walk across the street, they put up like this orange barricade and they're just like, no, you can't cross here. There's traffic. And I'm like, okay, that's a cool little thing. And then later on in the demo, like some dude gets his brain eaten by the others. And so they censor it. And so like, there's like a little display and the guys are talking and they're like, yeah, it's really good that they censor our vision because if you see enough, like, you know, headless people, that'll really mess with you. And then my buddy brain texts me and he's like, boy, am I glad that they can censor our vision today. And it's just like, what dude? Hello? Do you hear what you're saying? Boy, I'm glad the government can censor my vision. There was a cool thing, though, because like when the others attacked the city, they put up all the orange walls and they just made like a straight path to the shelter. So it's like you can't deviate. People can't go into like side alleys and stuff like that. It's like you just get to the shelter. You physically can't go anywhere else. And I was like, see, that's actually a good use of this system is like make sure that people only have one way to go to get to safety. And like that was an intelligent design. What's not an intelligent design is having a character who exists just to exposition and then tell you now that I have time, let's talk. Even though he said we have, we have to hurry and get out of here. But now that we have time, let's talk. And then just expositions to me about how my brain stuff works. And then I got a keychain. Um, This game is nuts. I played like an hour. I fought like two battles and Learned a lot. Anime. Yeah, that's... <sighs> a lot of exposition that felt wholly unnecessary. Like, And it's not like the good exposition that feels like natural and world building. It's the, man, I can't believe your family shrine is a tourist attraction. You must be so lucky that your greatest grandfather or whoever the fuck he is 2,000 years ago built this nation 
You must be so grateful to be related to him. Nah, man, I don't even feel like I'm related to him. It's so long ago. I'm just living my life, man. Hey, did you get that keychain from that vending machine in my family's <laughs> tomb? Make sure oh, you visit the souvenir shop. Your great, great super grandfather who got wounded in the war against the others, he made the solar calendar. The, in the solar calendar year 2020, made by him. Yeah, it's nothing special. You should see what my dad and brother do. They're crazy. Yeah, you're so lucky. And it's just like, dude, shut the... I have the worst friends. <laughs> He's terrible. He's a terrible step, friend. He just exists to talk to me about things my character should already know. Ugh. It makes me almost like long for like that Dark Souls feel of like, we're not going to tell you anything unless you search for it. Sometimes that feels superior when the other option is this. And then like it's the way they do like their, their, their conversations is like they take the screen, they kind of screen cap it, pull it back and then put like panels of like the faces of the characters talking and like their lips move and stuff. But like everything's just standing there with like the freeze frame backdrop. And it's just like, that's a choice, not the one I would have made, but it's certainly a choice. Which is weird because they have cutscenes that render in like real time. You can't itches. see it if you're listening to the audio version, oh. but Ross is very cringy right now. He's uncomfortable. His head is currently trying to implode at the moment. Uh... <laughs> Is that steam like or smoke? This <laughs> <laughs> face is just giving in on itself. It's just. I don't know what to do anymore. It's a, oh. Man, I wish my vision was being censored. <laughs> my ears. My poor ears. He wishes his hearing was being censored. Yep. Is there anything else I was playing? Oh, um, two other games I'm going to talk about. I am slowly but surely getting back into Bravely Default 2. Uh, I've been back on the grind for that. Uh, after nice. like weeks of just like sending my ship out to sail, I like leveled up a bunch of like my jobs and stuff. And my characters are like really strong. So I'm like, boy, I should really just play this game now, huh? And so that's what I've been doing. And it's it's pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. I like it. Um, I don't have too much. I haven't put a ton of time into it recently. Uh, but I, I plan to play more. I got my, my Switch right over there. Just kind of waiting to be playing. Well, I got both of them over there. I've been playing it on my light. Uh, mm -hmm. But... I, I'll probably play it on the TV again at some point. It was one of those games that like I started streaming and I was like, I kind of came to a point where it was like, okay, if, if I keep going, I'm not going to stream it anymore. Am I comfortable with that? And then at another point I was like, I don't give a fuck. This game is going to sit here because I'm not going to stream it because I'm playing other stuff. I'm just going to play this game. Yep. So that's how bravely default is going to be finished. I'm just going to, just going to play it. Yeah. Just going to play it. Uh, the other game, now full disclosure for this other game I'm going to speak of, 
Uh, I This is not related to half-gen. I was personally sponsored to play Raid Shadow Legends on my Twitch stream. I say that because I'm about to have opinions about Raid Shadow Legends. I want to emphasize that that campaign is over. Any opinions I give at this point are not related at all. Uh, that I, you know, That's why I didn't even talk about it like last week when I was getting the sponsorship. I didn't even bring it up because I didn't want to talk about it while it was happening. But now that it's over and I can talk and I, you know, I don't have to worry about like repercussions or anything. Um, unbiased half gen Chris opinion. Raid Shadow Legends is a pretty good game. Uh, so, um, everyone here, uh, helped me out by playing a little bit of it at least, uh, for my campaign. But basically it's like, it, it is, you know, it's a, it's a gotcha game at its core. Uh, but it has like a pretty satisfying, like kind of gameplay loop, at least one that I'm enjoying uh, almost like a, you know, it's got like that turn based battle system, almost kind of like old school JRPG kind of where, you know, your units are going out and attacking and like using abilities. Uh, there's no like mana or anything. So there's just cooldowns, uh, you know, at, at least for, for what I'm doing. And, you know, I obviously have the benefit of having like my, pack they gave me and stuff like that but i have like a ton of energy so i've just been going around like farming dungeons uh there's like a there's a fully voiced like campaign uh there's dungeons there's pvp ish content um there's like a bunch of stuff going on and like i i have felt for the most part like i spent a little bit of money on the game uh not as many as some of the people who i i got into the game uh, but I've spent a little bit of money here and there and I haven't felt like, okay, like I, I, I haven't yet felt like I need to spend the money. It was something I definitely wanted to do. And I felt like it was worth the money that I spent on it for the enjoyment of getting out of the game. I'm playing it like every day at this point. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's great. Cause I play it on PC mostly when I'm home, but like, honestly, like I was playing destiny earlier and I kind of had my phone up on the kickstand next to me. And I was just kind of running these campaign missions, trying to farm these items while I was playing destiny, which is really nice. Uh, so it, it's kind of a nice companion game. It's, it's a game I can just kind of sit there and let it do its thing while I'm doing something else. Uh, yeah. but I, yeah genuinely enjoy the game in a way i really wasn't expecting um yeah for those for those who may not have actually played it but have seen everyone and their mother do sponsorships for it in terms of the type of game it is it's it's very similar to as someone who has played some mobile games um very similar in terms of gameplay mechanics and overall kind of setup like a, like a Marvel Strike Force or a Final Fantasy Dissidia Opera Omnia, where it's a gotcha game. And like Chris said, it's each character has their own abilities, their run on cooldowns, turn-based battles, number of waves, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's in that same vein, just with very pretty graphics and original yeah. characters. The game looks great. I, I uh, you know, my, my particular thing was for PC and it looked great on PC. It looks great on my phone though, too, honestly. Uh, it, it's kind of nuts. Like I, I run it on my phone a bunch and it runs just as well. Um, not that my phone's a slouch. I have a note 10 plus, uh, but that's still like a two year old phone at this point. And I have no issues running the game at like max settings. Uh, so 
you know, I, I don't play a ton of mobile games. There's a reason I don't talk about a lot of mobile games. It's not because I don't, you know, mobile games are games. If I'm playing one, I'll tell you. And that's the thing. I just don't play a ton of them. Um, I like, that's the thing. I was really excited for like that near reincarnation game. And I, I, I got into that and played a little bit of that. I've already played way more raid shadow legends in the last week than I played of that game, which I've had for like three weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. So like it's, I know it's a meme. I know it's like a stupid thing, and everybody probably could like all rolled their eyes when they heard me say "Oh, Raid Shadow Legends." But like, I don't know what it is, but that game, like my Destiny clan, is all hooked on it right now. We were like all playing Destiny, and then we all started talking about it. And everybody started playing Raid Shadow Legends. Like they put Destiny down, and they're like, "Okay, we're all gonna play Raid." <laughs> it's a dumb thing, but I kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> how everybody has just become weirdly hooked on it. Oh man. But yeah, uh, that's all I've got for that. So uh, we're going to do something we don't normally do. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back. We're going to finish up this episode. Russell may or may not be playing it. Russell's one of our top players in the, in, in the, in the guild like he's russell's in it to win it my man uh but we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back and we're gonna have more half gen podcast stay tuned all right everybody welcome back uh i learned things today about zencaster uh which is the program we use to record this show uh i learned things and I messed something up. Uh, and that is how I learn is by doing something horribly wrong, like <laughs> starting a new recording track without letting Ross finish uploading his video track. Uh, so this episode might look weird on YouTube and that's my bad. Ross didn't do anything wrong. This is uh, the technical I, issues podcast. Welcome. I had assumed that Zencaster would be intelligent enough to continue uploading his thing on recording one. Apparently it was not. Uh, I might see, cause I was going to say like, maybe I'd try and go in there and re-upload, but then I won't have the data. So I, I won't have anything to re-upload. Chris is just maybe I'll have you screen share with me after letter. and we'll, We'll see if there's something we can do. I don't know. I goofed. I messed up. I gagged. Um, but yeah, so. Where was I going? Right. So. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that happened. Ross, uh, mm. before the show, you asked me a question. Yes. The question was. <laughs> how do you feel about this dead space news about it not being a new game, but a remake of the original. I'm totally okay with that. Who's developing so it? long as they maintain the original story beats. Like there is, there's like an, a certain integrity. I need them to maintain because the first dead space wasn't just a scary game. It told an incredible story. Uh, and so as long as they don't sacrifice that in the process of making uh, this new one, then I'm okay with that. And it is because Motive Studios who's bringing it, who recently made Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah, like for me, you can't make a sequel because it's been so long. It's been eight years and 
you know, that narrative kind of ran its course and that narrative only still matters if you played the DLC, which not a lot of people did uh, for three specifically uh, the aftermath DLC. And honestly, I don't really know where they would have gone from there, even if they had continued that story because like it was weird. So I think this is a more responsible decision kind of re recreate that original experience. Um, Cause I've been saying this for a while, you know, dead space was born out of resident evil success. And I've been saying for years now, like resident evil is having all this success. Horror games are more popular than they've arguably ever been. Why is EA not doing anything with dead space? They have one of the premier, you know, horror franchises just sitting, collecting dust. It's about time they did something with it. And a lot of people like are comparing it to like, oh, well, they kind of did that with Mirror's Edge. And I because a lot of people are like, oh, well, they rebooted Mirror's Edge, too, and they made Catalyst and nobody bought it. And it's like, yeah, but that turned out to be a prequel and it just wasn't good. That's, you know, that's a totally different scenario compared to actually remaking the original Dead Space from 2008, which like it's it's right for oh, poor Ross. You had to bring up Catalyst, didn't you? I shouldn't have talked about it. Excuse, uh, excuse me for a second, but... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could figure out how to spell that sound, because that would be the title. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Now tell me how that makes you feel. <laughs> I'm very sad now. I'm very sad. Um, but yeah, EA knows they have to tread carefully with this one because they were upset with how that turned out. And then that led to them being like, Hey, you know what? Single player games suck. And then they ruined all their multiplayer games. And so now they're like, okay, single player games have to be good. Also horror games are really popular. People ate resident evil Two remake up. We're going to do that with dead space, which I hope people eat that up because dead space is incredible, specifically that first game. So if they can kind of modernize that a little bit, make it a little smoother, it has to just, you got to capture that strike. Like dead space is so incredible as like a claustrophobic experience being on the Ishimura and just like hearing things crawling through the vents, hearing like the, you know, things moaning in the background and you're just like what the fuck is that you know you're just hearing things you're seeing things you're getting jumpy and that's like that's what makes that game incredible is that feeling that like everything is so close and if something does happen you don't have a lot of room to work with and, you know, it, it's not like, you know, in a lot of horror games, it's like, why don't you people just leave? Just go. Just get out of there. Leave. You can't just leave. Anywhere you go is space. You can't just go out and just be like, okay, I'm going to just fly home now with my little jet boots. It doesn't work like that. You're dead. Yeah, so if, I am. If they do what they did with Catalyst, they'll uh, put the stomp behind an upgrade tree that you have to unlock. That would be sick. Oh boy, that would be you know like a lot like most basic movement abilities you had in Mirror's Edge that were locked behind an upgrade tree. That was pretty cool. I just want to walk up and just start stomping corpses. Stomp, stomp. I want to throw a tantrum on these ill-equipped necromorphs. 
I wonder if they would like do it beat for beat. Like I have to imagine if it's a re if it's a remake, they're going to have to do it beat for beat. But I wonder if they would change certain things. Mm-hmm. And like, if they did, what would they change? Like the, cause dead space had like this really cool, like now that there's rumors that it's going to be a remake, I I'm uncomfortable talking spoilers because like, I don't want to talk it, about it could be the relevant game, again. Yeah. you know, but like, there was like this weird kind of like, there's the, the a plot, which is what the fuck is going on on the Ishimura. Then there's the B plot of like this doctor who survived and is like doing some weird shit. And is like, he's like talking to you and kind of like taunting. Like there's this B plot that feels like very like Bioshocky in a way where it's like, this guy is kind of like openly antagonizing you and he's clearly doing something weird, but you don't know what, and you don't know why. And so you're kind of figuring that out while you're on the A plot. And then there's this C and D plot that's happening that you don't actually realize is happening until it's like too late. Uh, And then there's a moment with the, oh man, there's that chase scene that is like incredible. You know, Ross, where you're like moving the boxes and you're Mm -hmm. just like, no, I gotta go. I gotta go. (laughs) Yep. I remember. (laughs) Um, Dead Space has incredible set piece moments. Like there's no like flawless horror game, but Dead Space is the one horror game that hit every note for me in terms of like, it was the first horror game I ever played that like I was comfortable finishing. Uh, and I, I was scared. Like, it's funny. The first time I played through dead space on normal, it actually didn't even really scare me. It was when I played it again on the impossible difficulty and enemies started being tankier. That's what scared me when the enemies were tougher. And then I was like, Oh shit. Uh, that's when the game got scary because it went from, I could two tap a guy and take his arms off or whatever. But then when I'm firing four shots, five shots and he's still coming, I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm dead. You know? that's where the real like horror came in. So like as much as I hate being that guy, like dead space is like a better game. Kind of the harder you play it on because it, it it's that tense, it's that intensity that like makes every moment feel life or death, even with like the simple enemies. So I am 100% on board if they want to remake that first game a hundred percent. I think that's the right move. And then from there, I like Dead Space 2. Dead Space 2 is an incredible game. I don't agree with all the decisions they made, like making it more and more action as the series went on. Uh, That took away from what made Dead Space special in the first place. Uh, So I would like to see them remake the first one and then do a new sequel Mm -hmm. that maybe doesn't follow Isaac Clarke. Like I, I, I don't think like Isaac Clark is a bad hero, but I think by making him the, the main protagonist of the series, it, you know, you have to, you, you struggle. Cause that's the thing. in like dead space two, you had to go back to the Ishimura and things like that. And that was the best part of dead space two was going back to the Ishimura. Um, because that's the best part about dead space is being on that ship. And, and what they did in dead space two just didn't work with the horror vibe. It just didn't, it didn't come together the same way and it wasn't scary. It was, it was tense, but it wasn't scary. 
Uh, so I would like to see them reboot it and then kind of take it in a new direction, maybe focus on some different characters, some different scenarios, uh, and, you know, not necessarily make it have to be the story of Isaac Clark, make it the story of like this really fucked up universe that's, you know, with these terrifying creatures and how people deal with it. I think that's a much cooler story to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So- It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah, because Dead Space is one of the few horror games you've ever played, let alone finished, right? Yep. Yep. I liked it a lot. And you can vouch. That's an incredible game. It's very, very good. Yes, indeed. Did you ever play Dead Space, Tony? No, I kind of started trying to play, uh, I think, three. Yeah. I just kind of just stopped uh, partway through. Three is a good game, but it is not like a good Dead Space game. The first half is fine, but then the second half is just kind of like a bunch of bullshit, and it kind of gets up its it kind of puts its head up its own ass a little bit. Uh, and then the DLC was better in, in how they handled the scares. They definitely yeah. tried to make a scarier game in the DLC, uh, but like the thing is, is they had this ridiculous story, and they just kept escalating it. And then that DLC like escalated it all the way. And then like, that's the thing is where do you go from here? Like, I don't think they're going to follow through with the whole trilogy again. So I'm comfortable talking about that DLC. They basically like, like the, the, like the, the mother brain of like the necromorphs, like ended up going to earth. And like, that's how the DLC ended. Mm hmm was them just being like, okay, we're going to earth. So like, you know, dead space Four, hell on earth, you know, and now I'm the doom guy or something. I don't know what, like, how, what do you do with that? I'm Isaac Clark. I'm going to save the planet. No, I'm just, he's supposed to just be an engineer. He's not a fucking superhero. That's what kind of pissed me off as the series went on is like, here's Isaac Clark action hero. And it's like, no, Isaac Clark is supposed to be an engineer in over his head. That's why the first game worked. Now in the second game, he's like, experience he knows how to deal with them and it kind of makes sense but by the third game he's just an action hero he's Mm -hmm. just like you know the summer blockbuster he's going to be played by chris evans you know Uh, (laughs) nice in the whole first movie chris evans doesn't talk (laughs) it's not till he takes off the helmet that you're like oh my god that's captain america (laughs) (laughs) oh god I don't know. Like that, that would be the one thing I would change. Honestly, if I changed anything about it, it would be like how that stuff, uh, how, how they build the series after one would be the stuff I would change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Hey Ross, mm-hmm. breaking news. Mm-hmm. Remember how Sony said, that they weren't going to shut down the PS3 and the Vita stores, but they said they were going to shut down the PSP on July 2nd. Yeah. Um, so apparently uh, there's an update to the page as of today. You'll still be able to purchase and play PSP content that is available on the PS3 and PS Vita stores. You'll no longer be able to make purchases via the in-game store for PSP content. So PSP yeah, games will still sense. be available. 
Yeah, I think I saw some figure that there's only 35 digital games available on the PSP store in total anyway. So it makes sense if they're still on the Vita store. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that is very exciting. Uh, I'm glad that they uh, are not going all the way crazy. Um, so here's a weird thing. You know how EA is doing their thing? We speak. I guess I should have transitioned this way, but that was a, a thing I just saw. So you know how EA is doing this thing on July 22nd, their mm-hmm. EA Play event? You would think, you know, obviously they're going to have Dead Space there, and they're probably going to show Battlefield, and maybe they'll tease the next Need for Speed. You would think, given the success of Mass Effect Legendary Edition, that maybe they would talk more about Mass Effect. And you would think that maybe with Dragon Age... Let's not forget that got announced and like they barely shown anything. You would think perfect showcase for Dragon Age, right? You would think. What if I told you that neither of those games will be at the show? What will be? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Anthem 2. Oh, boy. Put that in the title screen. Yeah. <laughs> but like, imagine potentially launching a new Dragon Age game next year and then not showing anyone anything. Yep. You have this big event, the perfect place to show Dragon Age. Yes. And then you make the conscious decision. You know what? We're not actually going to do that. Yes. The people have been waiting. And we're happy to say you're going to continue to wait until we say you're done waiting. Yep, it's Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2 coming to already made that. 3 coming to They, they already made that. 4 It just wasn't the coming to mobile <laughs> devices. How many, to a store near you. How many times? 5 Oh man. Yeah, it'll be like hey, maybe it'll be Maybe it'll be something cool. Maybe it'll be like 2080, where we'll see first footage of the Dead Space remake and see other stuff that's not the normal stuff. I don't know. It's just so... All right. Well, it it boggles the mind, but we're going to wrap things up on three PlayStation stories, okay? Because uh, it's been, well, we can maybe technically make, oh, hey, hey Ross, remember when Humble uh, got added that donation limit and everybody hated it? Mm-hmm, yeah. And you know how they said, like, yeah, we're going to we're, we're gonna take that away. We're not going to do that anymore. Right. There's a donation limit? So No, so they had a limit to how much that you could give to the charities. So <sighs> you could give 100% of the money to the charity. When you buy a humble bundle. Oh, oh, okay. But they limited that so that they could get more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm listening, Chris. So go on. This is from Humble. In mid July, we'll be rolling out a new iteration of sliders uh, that creates even more opportunities to support important causes. While splits on each bundle will vary, on average, there will be a minimum amount. For Humble Bundle, between 15 and 30%. What? 
So depending on the bundle, Humble is going to take a minimum cut of what you pay, 15 to 30%. And how's this tied to PlayStation? Oh, no, no. This is unrelated. This is unrelated to PlayStation. Oh, okay. I was just reading this real quick. Yeah. Um, I get why they would do this, but like, there's still like, I guess you could still technically give the rest of it to the charity, but like, yeah. I feel like there's a better way to do this. Maybe you have like a, Hey, you can do the sliders, but maybe you do like a processing fee or something like, Hey, you know what? You're going to buy this bundle. But like, you know, if you give it all to charity, there's an extra charge or something of like, you know, humble needs to stay open. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably a different way they could go about that, but yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the have you been reading much of the uh, indie stuff going on with PlayStation right now? I've been seeing that it's been seeing more and more that it's been kind of a nightmare to work with PlayStation. Yeah. So remember, remember when the PS4 was coming out and they were like indie heaven and everything like back in the Adam Boys days. The Vita days. The Vita days. When yeah. everything came out on Vita and the indies loved it. Mm-hmm. And then Sony stopped caring. And so to in the grand scheme of things, I guess I get why they would do what they're doing, but at the same time, it's like it's a drop in the bucket for any, you know, major publisher. Mm-hmm. So for exposure on the PlayStation store on the dashboard you have to pay twenty five thousand dollars to get your game surfaced on there and so the playstation 5 store is bad to begin with not a good store no and it doesn't surface almost anything of value period yes uh and now so like if you're an indie studio you know releasing your first game you probably don't have twenty five thousand dollars you probably just spent all your money making this game So now you're going to release on PlayStation and get buried because Activision can spend $25,000 by just blinking their eyes. You know, who are you? Um, so yeah, like it's, it's the stupid thing where it's like, why, why won't you like what happened what got so far up their ass other than the fact that they realized they could sell 10 million copies of their games again, that Sony is just like, fuck the indies, fuck everyone else. We either buy our exclusives or we make a third person semi-open world action game. Yeah. I mean, since since the PlayStation four, there's been a lot of turnover at Sony in terms of upper management between Adam boys and Jack Tretton. Like there's been a lot of change. Um, so it seems like the change has not been very indie friendly, which is too bad because they were like out of between them and, and Microsoft, they were kind of the, out of the two of them, the bastion for, for indies. Um, well, they had altered Because remember it was 360 for a while. Then, no, I was just talking about uh, Xbox one PS4. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. And that's the thing is everybody. And right now it's Nintendo. Oh Yeah. 100%. You know, in, yeah. in this modern day and age, it's Nintendo. So all three have had, you know, a shot at the crown. But it's like. And and from what I'm reading is Nintendo or not, not Nintendo, excuse me. Sony is acknowledging that these things are an issue and they're telling people like, yeah, we realize it's a problem and they ha- just chosen not to fix it. Yeah. 
which is, you know, I don't know. Why? Like every every time I feel like I'm, you know, so like, you know, with the two things we're about to talk about, everything every time I think like Sony's finally like going back in the right direction and they do something incredibly fucking stupid. Or yeah. we realize they've been doing something incredibly stupid and it's like, why won't you people stop? It's it's like some of the uh, the PS3 generations leaking into the PS5 generation in terms of some decisions that are being made. It's it's weird and yeah, and sad. It's it's very sad. It's just like it shouldn't be that hard. I I would think it shouldn't be that hard to fix. Microsoft has options and Nintendo has options for developers to get surfaced for free. You know, Sony should have a threshold where it's like okay, like you know, if you're like you know, X amount of revenue, you know, or whatever, then like, you know, boom, you don't have to pay that or we will surface you because it's like your first game. Like Sony should want to surface these games because, you know, that's how Sony can create like, you know, that that brand. Like that's the thing is like Nintendo creates, you know, this, this ideal surrounding and maybe it's because the Vita's gone. Maybe it's because of that that Sony doesn't care as much because maybe they look at the, you know, maybe it's a situation where, you know, the indie games don't sell as well on the PlayStation console now. Maybe they just don't see the money and they're like, look, like, you know, this isn't going to make or break us. Or Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, maybe it's just a situation of like, look, these games are going to come out on our platform regardless. If people want them, they know where to find them. And maybe they're just trusting the fact that their users are more connected than ever. Mm Mm-hmm not to justify Sony in in what they're doing, but like, that's the only way that I look at it. And I'm like, okay, well maybe they just are like, look, we're not going to fight for the, for that crowd when they're selling boxes because people want the next God of war. But it just, it's a bad look when they're the only ones who aren't giving them, you know, an easy way when they're, when they seem to be the only ones who are giving them a hard time, they start to look bad. And it's something I think they should address. Yeah. I mean, between like, granted, the supply chain stuff is not necessarily Sony's fault. Everyone's having problems with it. But like between the supply chain shortages, people not being able to get a PS5, the awful, awful PS5 store. um, And now this, it's like, it's kind of a string of like, not great, not great vibes for Sony. So um, we'll see, see what happens next. Yeah. Uh, but in some good news for them, uh, Sony did in the last few days make two, potentially three acquisitions. Uh, the other day they bought Housemark, uh, developers of Returnal and other popular games. Uh, well, other games that I'm sure Housemark wishes were more popular. I think they were popular. Uh, Next Machina, uh, Resogun, Super Stardust HD, uh, my personal favorite, Dead Nation. Uh, was a housemark jam. Love that mm-hmm. game. Uh, they are now a, a first party studio and they seem really, really psyched about it. Uh, it makes so, perfect sense. Yeah. This is one of those acquisitions that like, I've said it before that I'm not a huge fan of consolidation in the industry, but this is one of those acquisitions that just kind of makes perfect sense because they were already, they released like, one or two games multi-platform and everything else was Sony. It was like at a certain point, like it just makes sense. If that's the direction you're going anyway, 
at a certain point, it just makes sense to to sign the deal and be like, hey, you know what? Especially because Housemark in recent years was saying like we need to make a big game to keep the studio alive, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. so now that's not a concern anymore. Now you can just make game. You can focus on just making games and let Sony keep the lights on. And uh, continue so. to diversify that that Sony portfolio as well. Yeah, you know. So, Even though uh, Returnal's a third person, <laughs> granted it's a roguelike, but you but know. like at, at the same time though, like you know, a, a lot of things I hear, I still need to play Returnal. Uh, but a lot of people say like they're really excited to see what they would do with a sequel, you know, what they yeah. would do if they made another Returnal, knowing what they learned from this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. you know, there's always that potential. Uh, Sony also bought uh, Nixies, I believe, was the team. Um, N-I-X-S, or N-I-X-X-E-S, Nixes mm-hmm. or Nixies. I don't know yeah. how you say that. Uh, they've primarily done a lot of like port work and support work for Square Enix, uh, which kind of surprised me how Sony ended up with them. Uh, they must have done something, but they worked on Avengers. They worked on Shadow of the Tomb Raider, yeah, uh, like specifically like PC ports and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's what people are noticing the most is that they're they're well known for being a very good PC porting studio, which right leads to sony releasing more games on more of their first party games on pc and i wonder if it's also something of like hey they saw what happened with gorilla having to fix the pc port of horizon Mm -hmm. and they probably are also looking at hey we don't want to have to take you know uh sony bend again and have them fully port uh a pc version when they can have a team that's already experienced doing it and then Mm -hmm. take a smaller team from bend and be like okay these are the things we want to see uh, cause that days gone port is still one of the best ports of a console game to PC ever period. There are most, th- that's better than most games that release exclusively on PC. Uh, so credit to them for that incredible work. So if Nixies can come in and make this port process simpler then that's good for everybody, but they also bring a lot of just support talent. You know, they are, you know, Sony has like their interactive, like, div- or th- like, the division we were talking about when we were talking about like the whole triple A thing with them, uh, that studio that tried to make a new game and then Sony shut them down when it was the the last of us remake. Mm, Remember we were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they have a division that's a a support division that kind of comes in and helps to clean up and finish games. So if they can come in and do that and continue to do it at a high level, then that's huge for Sony because that means they can just get these games out faster, especially in these trying, excuse me, in these trying times. Yeah. And it just frees up whatever portion of the original developer would be working on the technical parts of the port to be brought on to the main current project they're working on and not kind of have those resources split up when they don't need to be. So I think it's a very smart move for for Sony um, to bring of such a well-established PC port company on board. Um, Cause I think we're going to see in the, we're going to see more day and date releases with PS five and PC as the years go on. So I hope so. Makes sense. Makes sense. Or at least in short order, maybe yeah. instead of being two years, maybe it's a yeah. year or maybe it's six months, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, last bit so, of news. And I don't know if you want to kind of take this one, Ross, but ghost of Tsushima is getting a mm. director's cut. Right, right, right. Uh, I have the link here if you want it. Uh, I I have one right here. Okay. Um, so yeah, there was they already updated the game with the PS5 patch where it runs at a buttery 60 FPS and is 
one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but in the director's cut, they're adding a new island, and as well as additional uh, like PS5 enhancements, like haptic feedback. Uh, they're adding Japanese lip sync, which was not in the original game, uh, which is will be very nice for everyone who prefers the subbed uh, the sub performances. But um, it's releasing on August 20th on both PS5 and PS4. Obviously, the PS4 will not get the haptic feedback, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, it's a brand new island uh, with a new story uh, with the whole kind of lore surrounding it is that there's rumors of a, a Mongol presence on the island, but um, it sounds like it's going to be actually a very personal story for Jin. which is cool. Gorgians. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, iconic. You can't say that without. You can't say Mongolian without that popping into literally everyone's minds. South Park uh, is a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's new environments, new armor for Jin as well as his horse. New mini games, new sword techniques, new enemy types, um, which is awesome. Chris, you still need to play this game. I'm going to now. Now that they're doing this. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. They also said they're going to do more updates for the Legends mode. Which I really want to play yeah, so uh, bad. On the PlayStation blog here, um, new updates including an all-new mode. Uh, and they will be available at no additional charge to any version of Ghost of Tsushima. Now, the one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, Ross. Mm. So... The director's cut is going to be available brand new for $69 on PS5 and $60 on PS4, but that includes all the content. Sure. Um, that game being $59 again on PS4 is a little... You can get that game for a lot. I, in, in the year of its release, I got that game for like 20 bucks. Right, right. So like, I don't feel like that's a good move, uh, selling it for $59 again. Not to say that no work went into it, but this upgrade thing, man. So if I, as an owner of Ghost of Tsushima, I can upgrade and you can too, Ross. Uh, you can pre-order an upgrade to Director's Cut for $19.99. That okay. upgrade will become available August 20th. Okay. Um, if you buy the Director's Cut on PS4, you have to pay $10 to upgrade to the PS5 version. Mm, that's if great. you upgrade directly from original Ghost of Tsushima to the director's cut on PS5 after on or after August 20th, it's $30. Yep. That's not great. This is the absolute scummiest way you can possibly do this. It's one thing if you do like perfect example final fantasy 7 remake free upgrade for playstation 4 owners intergrade uh or like you know they're selling intergrade but the intermission is separate content that right. i get my upgrade for free and then i can buy that and anybody who buys intergrade will just get that that's completely fair if you wanted to package the director's cut as an upgrade and be like, Hey, this comes with Iki Island and comes with the dub and all that stuff. But we're going to do the, the we're going to do the free update. We're going to update the base game to run on PS five natively. 
And then the director's cut content is going to include the Iki Island and stuff like that. I'm assuming that's how you say that. Um, that's one thing if you want to charge money for that. But to charge money for people who already bought the game, especially right now when it's like, if you, you know, I can pre order it and save $10 on the upgrade. The fuck? Yeah, it's. I'm assuming this is a Sony thing and not a Sucker Punch thing. Yeah, I, I imagine a lot of work went into this, and I'm not trying to say that like I, I I'm not trying to say that they shouldn't feel justified in charging for their work. You know, I, I imagine, you know, re re lip syncing the whole game cannot be a simple process. You know, and, and and then adding all this new content and stuff, but this just feels dirty, like to to charge for you know they did the free patch, they did the free update, so I guess there's that. But I guess the question is. Does the original Ghost of Tsushima stay on the store? Can you still buy that for a lower price? And mm. then just play it on PS5 with the 60 FPS, but the PS4 visuals. I feel like, yes. Or is like, at least maybe if you get the disc version, maybe yes. I don't know. Probably at that point, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, like, it's, it's, it's convoluted and weird. And it's like... It's 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 between the good of how Final Fantasy VII did it and NBA 2K21, where you don't get any free upgrade and you have to pay seventy bucks for the new game. It's like unless you buy their hundred dollar version. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Which at that point it's the same. But like, I don't know. I I just look at this move and I'm just like, Microsoft would never do this. Yeah. Microsoft wouldn't do this. No, they wouldn't. They have smart. They would just run. They would do the update for free and then they would sell the director's cut as a separate piece of content. Yeah. Which is what I think they should do. Yeah. And again, like with the kind of stories that have been coming out about Sony lately, like, again, I don't know how much of this is Sucker Punch and how much of it is Sony or if it's a blend. Well, it's all Sony because I don't think Sucker Punch is going to Sony and being like, hey, we came up with a great way to charge $19.99 for this upgrade. You know, I think Sucker Punch is doing the work and Sony's coming back and like, okay, this wasn't cheap. How are we going to recoup this? Okay, we're going to charge for the upgrade. I -hmm. think they should update the game. You should get the PS5 version, the native PS5 version for free if you own the game. Right. right. The director's cut should be the add-on content. Yeah. That should be what you charge. If you want to charge $29.99 for that and you want to pitch it as like an expansion, totally fair this includes the japanese dub or the the japanese lip sync if you want to do all that as like excuse me a paid side thing that's that's totally your business but this just feels like a convoluted mess where honestly the fact that they're charging 59 dollars for the director's cut leads me to believe there will not be a base version of ghost of tsushima going forward i think sony wants to double dip yeah yeah and putting a 60 dollar version on your last gen console it's like and then charging ten dollars to upgrade yep it just which feels really, like which is really funny because technically if you do it that way you save a penny <laughs> so it's yeah. cheaper <laughs> yeah it's it's convoluted and a mess and not great um that being said if you did not experience ghost of tsushima originally you absolutely should still play the game because it's phenomenal um but, yeah, and that's the benefit. This has no impact on anybody coming to the game for the first time. Yeah, because exactly. they're just going to buy the game, and that's the game they get, you know? Yep. 
But for yep. someone like me, like granted, I, I didn't pay full price for my copy of Ghost of Tsushima, you know, so like I, I'm going to pre-order that because I'd be I'd be stupid if I didn't get the upgrade for 20 bucks. So mm-hmm. I'm going to pre-order that because I'm not an idiot. But that's going to be what finally get. That's kind of what I've been holding out for is because a lot of these games have been getting their native patches. Right. And right. so it's like I've been waiting, like, what are they going to do for Ghost of Tsushima? Because it's too new to just leave it. Yeah. Now I'm wondering, are they going to do the same thing for The Last of Us? Are we going to get something for The Last of Us where they're like, hey, we can charge people again for this? If 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 they do, then we'll know 100% that it's Sony at that point. <laughs> yeah, and then that's just its whole other issue. I'm happy, though, for, for the team at Sucker Punch um, because I don't think anybody expected this game to do what it has done. Yeah, it's it came out in an absolutely stacked year and held its own from um, a team you wouldn't expect to do a game like this. Yeah, yeah. You so, know, from because so aren't yeah. they based in like Seattle or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And now, yeah. and now they're honorary ambassadors of Tsushima. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, because they're like, oh my god, you guys d- did this for us. This is incredible. The, the, you know. <laughs> Visibility through the game literally like paid for a crowdfunding thing to help repair like some like a like a monument or something. Yeah, that burned down. Yeah, like and and, like the the fans of this game are helping to restore this island and like it's it's great. This this game is going to have a lasting impact on this real place. Yeah, Yeah. and it's not often a game can do that. Let alone a game about a completely different culture in a completely different country by people who weren't raised in it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everything could should have gone wrong for this game, but none of it did. Yeah. Yeah. If you did not experience this originally, and this would be your first time coming to it, buy it. It's worth it. It, It's so good. It's so good. And it was incredibly gorgeous on PS4. I can only imagine the little flourishes and touches they're going to make for the the native PS5 version. Yeah. Cause it's going to be a dynamic 4k now uh mm-hmm. 60 fps but you're gonna get you're gonna get those visual improvements you know th- yeah. it sounds yeah. like this was kind of this isn't just you know stacked on the ps4 version it sounds like they did the work to mm-hmm. make this run natively on a ps5 it's not just unlocking the frame rate on the ps4 pro version right 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 so you know at, at least there's that and so i i imagine that's how they're justifying charging for it and i just i just hope that the work is worth it is worth the cost yeah, I'll be interested to see how um, how dense the the Iki Island content is, and how long the, the the story there takes, and kind of how interesting the new side activities that they put in are. Um, yeah, so. I bet you they'll add like aside from that new mode, I bet you they'll add stuff from that island into Legends. Yeah, I um, bet so too. Um, man, with the last like five or ten, like five seven years. It's a great time for a PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale too. You got a lot more people you can add into the game. Just give it to like Namco and just be like, guys, come on, make this happen. Please. Um, I would be so excited. What the hell was I going to say? I was just going to say something. Um, Specifically about this on PS5. Shit. Oh, I bet this director's cut stuff lays the groundwork for this game to come to PC. Oh yeah. I bet this is a hundred percent how they're going to bring it to PC is. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year it was coming to PC or early next year. Mm -hmm. 
That'd be pretty sweet. I feel like that's Sony's best strategy at this point. Like if they're not going to do what Microsoft does and give you a copy of it on PC for free, your best bet is while the game is still hot, wait six to eight months and then just put it on PC and get those people to buy it. Yeah. And, you know, and then, I'm... And then you fill the gaps between your major releases by getting the PC people to buy your games. Yep. And you bring in Nixie to do this exact thing. So yeah. Listen, bring that, bring uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty good. Man, what would Ratchet and Clank look like on my PC? <laughs> pretty Damn. fucking incredible. You'd miss the load times, though, because somebody's going to try and load it from a hard drive, and they're going to hit the Blizzon crystal, and it's just going to be yeah. like, nope. 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 <laughs> they're going to be like, you have to have a Gen 4 NVMe, and people are going to be like, fucking Sony, what? I'm not going to upgrade my PC for your game. The hard drive costs as much as a PlayStation. I might as well buy a PlayStation. Then buy a PlayStation. I'm not going to do that for one Blizzard, game. Blizzard Prime, <laughs> when you hit the crystal for the first time, up for best moment of the year. We don't do not that gonna, anymore. Not even going to lie. Anyway, you should wrap this up. Yes. No, we're good. Oh, uh, but yeah, so kind of as a reminder uh, for moving forward, remember Halo Book Club, Cryptum, starting off with you have a few weeks to read that uh that's kind of the big reminder i was going to work this in if we were going to talk about any multiplayer stuff during the podcast about how many mags uh a multiplayer game would be but we didn't so the joke didn't never came so i bought this for oh eight my bucks God. you um, bought mag is that even still working no nope, you literally shit. cannot play this game because there are no offline modes but it was eight oh, bucks. Oh, yeah. oh my god! So I got it. It's all com- come around, com- complete with the manual. That looks like it's in good shape. It's in really great shape. Yeah, that's pretty. Where did neat. you get it? Uh, oh, eBay. Man. It was eight bucks, <laughs> and I was like, eight bucks free shipping. This is worth. Why were you podcast. looking for Mag? Were you just like, was it just stuck in your brain? Really, uh, he really had to, you know, commit to that joke. Uh, it's, I, it, it's I really thought the whole Mag joke we've had over the past few weeks was way funnier to me specifically than it had any right to be, and I just Mark kept said, thinking about it. Mark said he listened to that episode just because of that title. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, yep, I bought it because I couldn't get the Mag joke out of my head. So fair enough. I mean, it's Mag- it's a pretty good joke. Yeah, yeah. How many so, mags is it? How many mags? One half mag, a quarter mag, one sixteenth mag. Who knows? Anyway, um, that's really all I had to say. Yeah. Have a good week, guys. Oh, uh, one other quick thing. Yeah. Um, because we talked about it in the last recording, but we didn't in this one. Um, we normally do the games for gold in the PlayStation Plus. There's only one game that really matters. Plague Tale Innocence PS5 version is on PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus. So everybody should just get that on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's nothing really else Plus, there was nothing else really across both of them no really. yeah. Yeah. Um, so a plague tale innocence ps5 the rumors were true and i'm gonna definitely play that thank you guys so much for listening we love you and we'll catch you on the next one bye-bye see you bye Anthem 2.